And there's a song that uh, David Ingalls sang many, many years ago, and it starts out like this. He said, in life, there are things that confront us, but I know who, who to go to in prayer. So in our lives, there are things that do confront us. And there are things in our lives that need to be changed. Therefore, it's extremely important, this message is so vital, that we learn how to pray the prayer that changes things. If you're facing an impossibility in your body, if you're facing an impossibility in your finances, or in a relationship, I want to remind you that with God there are no impossibilities. And that all things are possible to him that believeth. You see, with men, there's impossibilities, but not with God. So who are you with? Who are you with, Heart of the Bay? We're with God. So what that means today is that it can be done. No matter what you are facing, it can be done. I got my early Sunday morning text from my pastor, Pastor Hagen. He said this, have a great day. Just a, just a word of encouragement. And it comes from the chorus of an old hymn. God, any rivers you think are uncrossable. God, any mountains you cannot tunnel through. God specializes in things thought impossible, and He can do know what other power can do. Amen. So I just want to give you six principles this morning on this prayer that can change things in your life. Amen. They all start with the letter uh, P. It starts with the letter P. Amen. And so number one, when it comes to your personal prayer life, you want to be precise. You want to be exact. You want to know exactly what you're going for. You want to know exactly what you desire. Amen? It's like Pastor Brenda preached last week on how strong is your want to? How strong is your desire? You see, it has to do with vision. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says this. Where there is no vision, where there is no vision, where there is no redemptive revelation, the scripture says that the people perish. God will give you a vision. He will drop desires into your innermost being. He will put his plan and write it on the table of your heart. And that's why, you know, earlier in the year, we do something called write the vision. And in writing the vision, what we do is we determine how much by God's grace we want to give into the kingdom this year. Amen. And then we want to list the things that, you know, we believe God for if money were no object. And then those things that we want to sow and those things that we want to give. I was looking at our vision list the other day. Brenda was out of town. And I noticed, you know what? There's some things that are no longer on our vision list. Praise the Lord. So we've got the manifestation of some of those things. But now we must not allow those things to slip. We've got to keep our vision before us. Amen? So be specific. Be precise. Be exact in what you're looking to God for. And then the second P is we must be prepared. Everyone say prepared. We must prepare ourselves. Now the word prepare means to, to make ready. It means to do the necessary. It means to lay the groundwork. It means to arm oneself. So here's what we need to do, is we need to get into the Word and find the Word of God that covers our case. Get into the Word and find God's Word that covers your case. There is a promise for every problem that we face in life. 
The scripture says, They are exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we escape the corruption that is in this world through lust. Turn with me to John chapter 15, and I want to notice a very important scripture. Locate the scriptures. John 15 and verse 7. Amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for this great church. You are so good to all of us. Thank you for ministering to us through the word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now notice this word. This is a conditional word. Jesus said, if you abide in me. That means if you're born again. If you live in me and I live in you and you remain vitally connected to me. If you abide in me. Now notice, and my words abide and my words live in you. Now you are the understood subject of this sentence, of this scripture. Whether your prayers are answered or not really is really in a great degree up to you. We must live in him and have his word living in us. Now notice the last part of the verse. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now in between services today, that just kind of flashed at me. Ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Many people want to ask and they want to have their prayers answered, but they don't want to do it according to the word. There's a way to pray according to the word. You pray according to the word by having God's word. And I think oftentimes many people pray before they're prepared. And I think part of this preparation before we pray is find the scriptures, get it fixed firmly in our hearts. Amen. For example, if you're believing God for healing, you need to get healing scriptures in your heart. It's good for Pastor Tom to know the healing scriptures, but it's even better for you to know healing scriptures for you personally. Amen. It's so vital and so very important. And then meditation is a major key as getting God's word in your heart. Look with me at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua, the first chapter and the eighth verse. Everyone say prepare. prepare. Arm yourself with the word of God. See, we're not just interested in information here, are we? We don't want just information. We want information that brings us to revelation. Information in the Word that gives us revelation from the Word of God begins to uh, cause the lights to go on in our life to where we can begin to see ourselves with what God's Word says is ours. Say with me, to go from information to revelation, there must be some meditation. Now get that in your heart, meditation. Meditation means to think on, means to dwell on, it means to ponder. How does this scripture apply to me? How does this minister to me? In Joshua 1.8 he says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Day and night. Thou shalt talk to thyself. Thou shalt ponder this word day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Now read the rest with me. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Who is going to make your way prosperous? You are. 
Certainly, God is the one who prospers, but we must cooperate with the God who prospers by meditating in the Word, by seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. He says, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. You'll be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. Now, understand this. Many people in the world system are succeeding according to the world's standards. There are many millionaires, there are many billionaires who people would think, oh, they're a great success. And they may be a great success according to the world's standard, but we're not looking at success according to the world's standard. We're wanting success according to the word's standard. Amen? You see, being prosperous is not just about having money. A prosperous soul, a prosperous man, a prosperous woman has the peace of God that passeth all understanding. A prosperous man or a prosperous woman has their relationships in line with the Word of God. A prosperous man, a prosperous woman is a man or a woman that's filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. A prosperous person can put their head on the pillow at night and have their sleep be sweet. But a man or a woman in the world that succeeds according to the world's standard, a lot of them can't sleep at night because they got ulcers. Trying to figure out how they can make more. Life is not about making more. Life is about enjoying the God of the more. The God who lives on the inside of us. So if you want to make your way prosperous, if you want success in your prayer life, you must be precise and then you must be prepared. Amen. I love this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 20 of 2 Corinthians in chapter 1 and verse 20. And they'll get it here in a moment. We'll wait till they can. Amen. I love it. Don't you? It says here that all of the promises of God in him are what? All the promises of God in Christ are yes. And in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Get fully persuaded with the promises of God. Say yes and amen. So be it unto me according to the word of God. And God, give glory to yourself through your word, living and abiding richly in my life. Amen. Now, look with me in the NIV version, and they'll pull that up as well. It says this in the NIV version, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him, amen, under the glory of God by us. The NIV says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. If you are in Christ, and Christ is in you, and you look at the Word of God, it's a big yes. It's a yes to those that are in Christ Jesus. They are yes in Christ. And now listen to this. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes. I am in Christ. Say it with me. Amen. To the glory of God. My Father. Hallelujah. All the promises of God. They're yes in your life. 
And they give a big amen to God be the glory. So number one, be precise. Number two, be prepared. Number three, then you're in a position to present. Now what does that mean to present? Well, simply to present means to come forward. If you're going to pray the prayer that changes things, you can't have a namby-pamby attitude about, well, I'm not good enough to pray. I'm not good enough to get my prayers answered because last week I cut somebody off on the freeway at 880. I'm not good enough to pray the prayer of faith because I yelled at my wife a week ago. You need to understand that if you repented, it's under the blood of Jesus and that your righteousness is in place. And here's what the Bible says about those that are in right standing with God. It says those that are in right standing with God are effective in their prayer lives. For it is the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man that avails much. In context of what we're talking about today, your prayers availing much in your life means you have the power to see things changed. Look at your neighbor and say, prayer changes things. So never ever, never ever ever, never give up. I can remember Brother Copeland looking at me one night with those piercing blue eyes. And we were talking about getting this building and being able to occupy this building and being able to have church in this building. And we just had had a little fellowship with him and Brother Moore. And I told Brother Copeland about what we were believing God for. We're standing on the word. He pointed right in my face and he says, Mark, don't ever change. Don't ever change. And that just pierced into my spirit. That's what the kind of attitude that you and I must have. If we're going to see things change, we must not change by standing on the immutable, unchangeable Word of God. Say with me, He is the Lord. And He does not change. And you know, we didn't change. To God be the glory. We've had church in here for over 10 years. I think we ought to shout for about 15 seconds. Glory to God. Glory to God. (laughs) Woo! So if you're standing right now, and you're between the amen and the here it is, don't ever change. Stay strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Keep putting the Word of God in your heart. For the entrance of his word gives you light. I'll guarantee you the more you get God's light in you, the more you're going to see. The more things are going to get clear. You'll be able to see yourself with the things that God said is yours. So the third P, number three, is present. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Look at this verse with me. Hebrews 4 16. And we're going to have a little... uh, handout for you next week so you can remember these points so you can use them in this arena of the prayer of faith. Hebrews the fourth chapter and verse 16. It says here, let us therefore come what? See when you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you do not have to come fearfully. You can come boldly. So Present yourself before the throne of grace. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Grace covers it all. 
I'm going to say that again. God's grace is sufficient for you. Because God great, God's grace covers it all. Oh, there is grace for prosperity. There's grace for healing. There's grace for broken relationships. There is grace for the glory of God to lift you up out of the doldrums. Look at your neighbor and say, God's grace covers it all. So come on, guys. Present yourself before the throne of grace. Step in, step up, step out boldly. Not arrogantly, but boldly by the blood of Jesus into the very throne room of God. And here's what will happen. You can obtain mercy. Do we need mercy? Boy, I know you need mercy, Raul. I need mercy. We need mercy. And find the grace of God in the time of need or in the time of prayer. Amen. So number one, what's number one? Be precise. Number two is be prepared. Number three is present yourself before the throne of grace. And now you're ready to pray. You're ready to pray. You're ready to pray. Look with me in John 16 and verse 23 and in verse 24. John 16. You you guys are part of the fast class today. I mean, you're getting it. Glory to God. Now listen to this statement. Asking is the act of with what with withdrawing with withdrawing what already belongs to you. Let me say that again. Asking is the act of withdrawing of what already belongs to you. Now in John 16:23, he says, "Now in that day you shall ask me nothing." This is Jesus speaking. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, that whatsoever you shall ask the Father in whose name? Whatsoever you shall ask the Father. This is proper protocol. We don't ask the Father for Jesus' sake. We ask the Father in Jesus' name. And whatsoever we shall ask the Father, according to His Word, in the name of Jesus, the Bible says that He will give it to you. In other words, your Heavenly Father will grant your requests. We serve a God of grants who freely gives us what we go to Him in prayer for. Now notice this next verse. This is so good. In verse 24. He said, Hitherto or up until now, you have asked nothing in my name, but now ask and you might receive. That's not what the word says. It doesn't say ask and you might receive. It says ask and you what? Shall receive. And when you receive, what's going to accompany your receiving? Oh, that's a little too weak. I said, when you receive, what should be accompanying your receiving? That's your joy. That your joy may be full. Oh, there is joy in answered prayer. As a matter of fact, 
you get so joyful sometimes it just gets in your feet. You got to get happy and do a happy dance. You get so joyful sometimes you just got to shout unto God with the voice of victory. Asking you shall receive that your joy, your joy may be full. Fullness of joy comes as a result of answered prayer. And you don't have to wait till your prayer manifested before you express some joy. Express some joy now and your prayer will manifest. Hallelujah. Ask and you shall receive. See, I can't figure people out who look so upset and uptight about after they've prayed the prayer of faith. Glory to God. I've asked the Father in Jesus' name and He's going to give it to me. There's no joy in that. There's no peace in that. There's no praise in that. You see, joy and peace should always accompany this prayer that changes things. Because if you really believe your prayer is going to change what needs to be changed, you need to get happy. And enter in to the rest of God. You see, God always will do His part. But we must do our part. Look at Mark 11, verse 24. Mark 11, verse 24. So we have been cleared... For unqualified use of the name of Jesus. I like what Brenda does. Everyone say the name two times. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. So here's what the name of Jesus does in prayer. The name of Jesus gives you and I access to all of heaven's resources. Access. Not access denied. But access approved if you come with proper protocol. And the proper protocol for this prayer that changes things is you come to the Father and you ask in Jesus' name. Now let's look at this just a little bit further. Look at Mark 11 and notice with me in verse 24. Mark the 11th chapter. In verse 24, notice this. Jesus says, therefore I say unto you. So he's speaking to you. What things soever you desire. Your desire is your vision. Your desire is what you are, as we started out in the message, your desire is what you're being precise about. What things soever you desire. Do you know what you desire? So, the thing you desire, whatsoever you desire. Now notice, when you pray, at the time that you pray, believe. Believe what? Believe that you what? Believe that you receive those things that you desire when you pray. Most people will not believe it 
until they see it. But the law of faith says, believe it, receive it before you see it, and then you shall have it. That's why he says, now the word of God is, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence, it is the title deed of things not seen. Those things you have not yet seen are the manifestation of the things that you prayed about and believed you'd receive. But you got a, oh, you got a title deed. I said you got a title deed. And your proof that it's yours is right here. And all of the promises of God, Christina, are yes and amen. Hallelujah. Faith always ends with the glad confession. It's mine. I have it now. I believe that I have received. And it may not be knocking at my front door right now. But by the grace of God, I'm going to stand in joy. I'm going to stand in peace. I'm going to stand in praise. And it won't be long before I shall have them. Now go back to Mark 11:24. I know that's a huge mouthful. In Mark 11:24, I'm glad I'm not blowing hot air by the grace of God. He said, what things soever you desire. What do you desire? God desires for you to have your desires. I'm going to say that again. Your heavenly father loves you and he has a strong desire for you to have what you desire. In other words, he's for us. So what things? Soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them. It's mine. And you shall have them. You shall have them is his part. You believe you receive them is your part. Now prayer could look like this. I illustrated this in the early service. I'm standing on healing for my knee. I was on the Stairmaster for about 45 minutes on Monday. And then I did some biking and then later that afternoon, my knee started hurting. And it was hurting all week. So, you know, what do I do? I'm not going to pet it. I'm going to go to the Word. So here's what it would look like. Let's just take this knee, for example. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, proper protocol, I come before you. And I come before you reminding you of your Word. Here's what your Word says. Your Word says, with His stripes, I was healed. Your word says that Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. So, Heavenly Father, I'm thanking you. What he took, I don't need to take. And now, I'm releasing my faith. And I'm asking you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for healing for my knee. I ask now in the name of Jesus, and I believe that I receive my healing right now. Amen? So, it's mine. It's yours. You have it now. Amen? Amen? And then the next P is this. Plan to succeed. Number five. Makes, make plans to succeed. Don't see yourself failing. 
don't see yourself going down. If it's in the area of finances and you're believing God for a certain amount of money to pay your rent, don't see yourself homeless. I said, don't you dare see yourself homeless. See yourself in a nice warm home. See yourself going to that landlord and giving him that check on time. Make plans to succeed. Don't plan to fail. And if we're going to succeed, it's going to have to come the same way that we prepared ourselves. It's going to have to come the same way through the word. You know, I like what, what Proverbs says. He said, my son, attend to my word. Incline thy ears to my saying. Keep, in the, keep them in the midst of your heart. If you will keep God's word in the midst of your heart, you're bound to see yourself well. You're bound to see your need met. Amen? Make plans to succeed. If you're believing God to have a baby, make plans to succeed. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. You got to make some plans to succeed. You got to sow some seed. But then, if you really believe in God, that you're going to have that baby, start getting a room ready. Get a crib in there. Do some things that will show action to your faith. Do some things that will show action to what you believe you have received. It's mine. Amen. Now, how many of you believe in God to have an overflow of finances? I don't see one hand down. If you believe in God for overflow, 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 raise both hands. If you believe in God to be blessed, to be a blessing, raise both hands and both feet and shout, hallelujah. Amen. But you've got to make some plans. You may need to go on a budget. That's not a dirty word. It's a B word, budget. How about this? If you are really truly believing for overflow in the area of your finances and you don't have a savings account, why not? Well, because I don't have anything to put in the savings account. You may not have anything right now, but if you're believing to live in the overflow, it won't be long before you have something to put in your savings account. All I'm saying is this, is getting the crib, opening up a savings account, is making plans for success. How many of you would like to go on a cruise? Raise both hands, both feet, shout amen. Amen. Now, if you're going to go on a cruise to Alaska or wherever you want to go on a cruise to, you've got to make some plans. And what does that mean? It might start by just getting a brochure and putting pictures of the ship you want to be on on your refrigerator. You've got to see yourself. With what you believe you've received. 
Faith not only speaks the answer, but faith says the answer. And faith acts on the answer. So whatever you can do as a concomitant to your faith to help you see yourself succeed, get a picture, open a savings account, put the crib in the bedroom. Whatever you've got to do, do it. And the last P is this. And this is my favorite one. The last P is praise. <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah. I said the last P is praise. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Go back to James 4, 7 real quickly. We've got a little bit more time today. You getting anything out of this today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just going back to this plan to succeed, the enemy's not just going to sit there and stand by. He's going to bring doubt. He's going to bring fear. What if it don't happen? Just get back to him and say, what if it does? What if it don't happen? We need to put doubt out. We need to stamp doubt out. We need to turn fear out of doors. Amen? In James, the fourth chapter and the seventh verse. Notice this verse here. It says, Submit yourself, therefore, to who? Resist the devil, and what will happen? Read it again. Submit yourself, therefore, to God... Resist the devil. Resist. Resist. You see, here's the deal. Doubt is on one hand. Fear is on one hand. Saying, you don't have it. You'll never get it. But faith is on the other hand. Saying, you do have it. It's yours. So then, you're in the middle. You're in the middle. And you then become the establishing witness. In other words, whatever hand you go to is the hand you will be dealt. If you side in with doubt, you will inevitably do without But if you side in with faith, it puts you on the victory side. It puts you on the receiving side. It puts you on the joy side. So you and I in the middle become the establishing witness. We say, talk to the hand, devil. I resist you in Jesus' name. But then you go to this other hand of faith and you embrace it with everything you have. And you glorify God and say, thank God it is mine. I'm siding in with you. I'm living in the overflow. I'm living on the victory side. And then lastly, praise. Turn to Psalm 34. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. You know, laughter does you good, doesn't it? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. 
Ha! I remember Brother Hagen telling the story about, you know, he got healed of a heart condition. Heart condition tried to come back on him. He was out preaching one time and he was in the pastor's parsonage. And he just pulled his head, the covers over his head and started laughing. In the midst of heart symptoms, started laughing. Ha, 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 ha. The devil told him, you're not going to get your healing this time. I'm going to kill you. You're not going to get it this time. Dad Hagen just put the covers over his head, started laughing. In the middle of the night, in the midnight hour, he started laughing. The devil got pretty upset because he's full of pride. He says, what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at you, devil. <laughs> laughing at me? Why? Because you said, I'm not going to get my healing. That's right. You're not going to get your healing. Brother Hagin did it again. Started laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Mr. Devil, Jesus already got it for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. He already got it for me. He already got it. Whoa. He already got it for you. He already bought the chastisement of your peace was upon him. When they put that crown of thorns on his head, he bore the punishment of mental illness and depression. Woo, hallelujah. He got your peace for you. He got your shalom for you. He got your strength for you. He got your joy for you. Mm. Psalm 34. Everyone say praise. Psalm 34. And verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord. I'll bless the Lord when? He didn't say, I'll bless the Lord when I feel good. He didn't say, I'll bless the Lord when my pocket's full of money. He didn't say, I'll bless the Lord when everything's going good. No, he said, I'm going to bless the Lord. How often? At all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. You see, praise and thanksgiving are mighty affirmations of your faith. It's acting on what you believe you have received. Thanksgiving positions you and I to more easily receive from God. Look with me at Philippians chapter 4. And notice with me in verse 6. So spend some time praising God. I mean between the amen and the here it is. There ought to be some praises coming out of your tent. What do you mean out of your tent? I mean the place you live. What does God hear from the outside of your tent? Does he hear moaning and groaning? Or does he hear the voice of thanksgiving? And the voice of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, now the sixth verse, he says, Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. If it hasn't showed up yet, don't sweat it. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with what? Thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Here's what I know about praise, ladies and gentlemen, is praise and thanksgiving will accelerate your results. Because the devil just gets tired of hearing it. He's full of pride. He didn't want to hear you praising God. There comes an acceleration of manifestation when you give yourself to praise and thanksgiving. 
Years ago, there was a missionary from China that had the smallpox. And back then, in those days, if you had smallpox, that was like a death sentence. And so she was in the home of a a mighty, mighty uh, woman of God, and she was under her care. And she went to seek the Lord about this. Because how many of you know, it's not the will of God for you to die in your middle years. It's not the will of God for anybody to die and leave undone what Christ has given us to do. Amen? Whatever God's given you to do, do it. And do it with all your might. Finish your course. Don't let your course finish you. Run your race. Finish your race. But do it strong. And do it healthy. And even do it wealthy. Amen. So she began to seek God about it. And the Lord showed her a vision, gave her a vision. And the vision was two baskets. And the one basket was was just overflowing. And that one basket represented the smallpox. And that one basket was so full, it represented the test and the trial that she was going through. And then the Lord showed her another basket. This one basket was way up here, but the other basket was way down here. And this basket that was down here represented her praise life and her thanksgiving life. And it was about 25% full. And the Lord spoke to her and said, when this basket here of praise and thanksgiving outweighs this basket over here, that smallpox will be a thing of the past. So what she did is she put herself in that room and night and day and day and night, she began to shout. She began to praise. She began to thank God for healing and total deliverance from the smallpox. Worship the Lord. Begin to thank Him and praise Him. That's what some of you need to do in the trial you're in right now. Instead of looking at the test, instead of looking at the trial, instead of thinking about it, set your mind on Him and get busy in the praises of God and start thanking God in your midnight hour and God will send an earthquake. Hallelujah. And bring deliverance to your life. She started praising God. Well, you know what happened, don't you? One day, ha-ha, glory to God, this basket came way up. This basket went way down. And every pock was healed. She was totally healed of the smallpox by the glory of God. Now listen to this statement in closing. The depth of your praise will determine the magnitude of your harvest. The depth of our praise here at Heart of the Bay will determine the degree of glory we go to. The depth of your worship in your individual life will determine the health of your spirit, of your soul, of your body, of your finances, and of your relationships. I think we ought to give the Lord about 30 seconds of our highest praise. Let's all stand up. Come on.